welcome back to the podcast, Anita. It's lovely to have you as always. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and today we're talking about um, menopause. And I think because you are a menopause accredited expert, I think it's really useful to be having a conversation with someone as knowledgeable as you. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, so I um, I decided two years ago, actually, after doing lots of research about my symptoms, particularly trying to understand what was going on for me, um, I came across the menopause experts group and you can become a, a licensed um, champion with them. So I had to go through quite a rigorous training program to enable me then to work with organizations to support their managers and teams with people going through this transition. So it's been fabulous. And the, the team at Menopause Experts Group are great. Lots of um, development and activities for us as champions to make sure that we're always kind of on the top of our game as well, which is great. Cool, awesome stuff. All right, so like taking it right from the top <laughs> for those people who might not be aware when we're talking about menopause what exactly are we talking about so menopause is basically um well the average age of menopause uh, in the uk is 51 currently however people can experience menopausal symptoms for a very long time and, and you've probably heard now the terminology of perimenopause mm. as well so perimenopause is the kind of time it takes for our body to get up to the point where our periods stop and you're classed as officially menopausal one year, oh, sorry, 12 months and one day after your last period. That's when the menopause technically is. At that point onwards, you're then classed as postmenopausal. OK, so that build up period of um, the perimenopause can last 10 years for some people. So they might start getting symptoms quite early on, maybe in their late 30s. And of course, you've then got a whole group of people who might have a medically induced menopause as well for various different treatments that they've gone through. So we should not think that it's just women kind of in the late 40s, 50s that go through this. It could be could be anybody potentially. I'm sorry, any any lady who's you know got to a certain point, perhaps mid 30s onwards or who's gone through some medical um, procedures that have resulted in that and it's basically in very basic terms like I said when when our periods stop we no longer have those periods and um, we're no longer able to have children moving forward um, and our bodies hormones do a lot of shifting and changing which is where all the symptoms come in okay excellent stuff and I guess bearing in mind that it's um something to do with people's hormones and and, and in general I should imagine that that means that the menopause affects people in very different ways would I be right in saying that you're absolutely spot on yet yeah, some people go through the menopause have no issues no symptoms at all or nothing that has a negative impact in their life a lot of other people have quite serious impact so there's been you know reports of people feeling suicidal there's been um people going into quite deep depression because of menopause um so it kind of is a scale like anything in life i probably sit firmly in the middle of that so my symptoms include things like brain fog is a massive one for me just not feeling clarity up here just memory loss is another another one I have quite an unusual symptom of burning mouth, which is a very random one, which is feels like my mouth's on fire. It's horrible. Um, so but also there's other things, you know, there's so many symptoms you can have lack of sex drive um, you can have just feeling really, really, really low. Um, there's also things like not recovering as quickly as you used to, you know, mm. when you've had an illness, things like that. Um, so there's a variety. I'm just checking my notes to see if there's any. So things like needing the toilet more. Mm -hmm. is another one you know who would have said that I would you know you perhaps wouldn't have thought that joint pain is a very common one 
itchy skin randomly. Then we've got all the standard ones that we probably know about your hot flushes, mm-hmm. um, people, you know, doing doing this. Um, and in that moment, after having hot flushes, it's the weirdest sensation because it's not like you're warm. You know, when you just feel like you're warm, mm-hmm. it kind of comes from within and kind of it comes and then comes out to your skin. It's the weirdest sensation. And then as quickly as I had them, so one would come on and then suddenly it would almost kind of retreat again and I'd be freezing cold. So it's the weirdest feeling. Other women have the opposite to that. They might actually feel cold um, and feel like their temperature isn't as regulated as perhaps it was before. There are so many different symptoms, Trish. And I think that's what's confusing for people is that they then think, you know, oh, perhaps it's this, perhaps it's that. And one of the things when I work with organisations and managers around this is, is, is always saying to people, get it checked by a GP, mm. you know, because it could be something different Mm -hmm. and then you know you can rule out various different things and then treat the menopause if that is what those symptoms um are you know are showing up as um so yeah always always go to gp always get advice from the healthcare professionals um and they can you know they can guide you accordingly Mm. so thinking about work then how Mm. can someone going through um the menopause affect how they are in the workplace well, shall I share my experiences first? Yeah, and then I can, yeah. So um, at work, how did I feel? Well, there were many days and still are days. I'm now, I've decided to take hormone replacement therapy. So my symptoms have reduced dramatically, which is great for me. I know that's not everybody's choice um, and it doesn't work for everybody either. But for me, a lot of days I felt a bit stupid. I felt like I can't remember people's names. I can't remember conversations that I had with this person maybe yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I have to have additional strategies in place because my memory is still not great. So, I mean, literally, you and I have had this conversation before, Trish, if I don't write things down, it's it's not happening. I don't remember that. It, It literally goes out of my brain. So for me, I have to have strategies in place that will help me to, you know, combat the 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 symptoms that I experience in work other things I mean some women could get things like they could get quite bad headaches and things which obviously affects your productivity for some women when they're going through that kind of perimenopause up to the point when their periods stop they could either have really really heavy periods um, or very irregular periods and of course that then throws us out of our rhythm and our routine that we naturally have um, so if they suffer really really heavy periods then you know that could be they might be not be feeling great with that. Um, so then that's impacting their productivity at work as well. Yeah. I've got a stat for you here that 90% um, of women who've been um, surveyed through the menopause experts group have said that their menopause symptoms affect them at work negatively. Mm. 90%. And if we think of the, the you know, the, the population of women that we have in the workplace in the UK, that's a big number. Mm. um and if and again if people feel like or ladies feel like they're not getting the support they need from their managers and the team around them they will leave they'll Mm. vote with their feet and they will leave and in fact there was an article in the independent this week again saying that women still even with all the press about menopause which is fantastic all the great work Davina McCall's done on it and lots of other people um that you know it's great we're talking about this stuff but still people aren't able to have those conversations with their managers to say, look, 
I'm struggling here. Mm. I need a bit of help with this. Um, and sometimes, you know, the help might be so simple. Again, it could be something as simple as um, providing, you know, in your toilets, if you if you were, have a workplace that you're working in, that you provide some sanitary products for ladies who might get caught out. You know, periods are irregular. They might get caught out. Just something as simple as that and cost nothing, but is so powerful. Or it might be, can I have a fan on my desk? Or do I have to wear this, you know, um, polyester uniform that really doesn't help when I'm having a sweat on? You know, <laughs> it just makes it a lot worse. So, you know, I think sometimes organisations can be thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. Whereas a lot of the time, actually, it's it's quite simple. And if we don't ask those ladies, we're not going to know what they particularly need rather than just making a generic approach to it. And I mean, you talked a little bit there about ways that businesses can help people going through the menopause. What about um, how businesses can help raise awareness within organisations? Because I should imagine that someone going through the menopause, particularly you know, a partner at home, it doesn't just affect that individual. It affects kind mm. of everybody that's kind of within um, the vicinity and that loves them and cares about them. So what can businesses do to help raise awareness in, in general? Do you know what, Trish? That's absolutely the point is that when I work with people, it's all about, yeah, you may not go through the menopause, but your mum probably did or will, or your partner may, or your work colleague will, or your boss will, you know, so it's really important that there's this awareness out there so that everybody knows, you know, if I'm sat at my desk going like this, going, God, can we open the window? But actually, there's a reason behind that. And it's a medical reason behind that. Um, mm. And yes, it's a natural thing. Of course, women, all women will go through the menopause. Um, but still, we can put we can put strategies in place to help and support that. And that's where I come in. So I can work with businesses um, and I do sessions with organisations and I talk about what is the menopause. Because, again, there's a lot of people out there who don't necessarily know that. I mean, I don't know about you, Trish, but I didn't learn about the menopause when I was at school doing biology. We mm. talked about having babies, but nobody ever talked to me about this whole change that my body is going to shift into. Um, so we we do educating around that. So what is the menopause? How can it impact people in the workplace? What kind of symptoms might you see or might you experience personally? And then we talk about how can businesses support? So this is primarily aimed at managers um, and perhaps people from the HR team or learning and development team and work with them to make sure those managers understand it and understand how they can support their people moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's you know, it's creating awareness, just like we're doing with, you know, mental health, which is fantastic. And um, so it's just creating awareness about about menopause, too. And there was something that you touched on there that I think from a HR perspective, it's quite useful to talk about. So when people are going through um, or, or having menopausal symptoms, does, should that be classed as sickness absence when it comes to people managing um, absence from the workplace? So back in 2022, last year, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 2022, um, I don't know where time is going. Um, so it was put to government about having menopause as a protected characteristic mm -hmm. um, that we obviously, that we're well aware of, and it was rejected. So it's very much based on the individual organisation as to what they want to do. So I do know there are some organisations and some fairly large organisations out there who have made menopause a protected characteristic. So then it wouldn't count towards your absence percentage for your sickness. Okay. Um, 
to do that, you must have a menopause policy. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's something I can help with from a we have um, people within menopause experts group, you know, trained professionals who can help pull a, a policy together if that's something people are interested in as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then part of that policy is looking at how it would be treated in terms of absences. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, it, it's very individual depending on the business. So organisations don't necessarily have to have a policy, but actually it kind of makes sense to have something. It's but best practice. Yeah. Okay. absolutely yeah um okay um what about great practices then so we've talked about kind of broadly what kind of companies can do but what kind of good things have you seen companies do around supporting kind of menopause awareness and women going through it so I've seen everything from you know your your real low cost which is putting sanitary products in the toilets um some organizations have menopause champions so just like we're having seen, you know, mental health champions, which, again, is fantastic across businesses. I've known organizations then go, actually, I want to train somebody up internally who can help women with this. So that's another great option. And again, I can work with people to to look at that moving forward, providing training um, for their people and the ethos of this is very much about education. So we can and I can make, you know, um, a really good depending on people's budget, we can work within budget to get this right for, for individual organisations. Um, so it's about getting the message out there. That's my key aim here is to to help those women feel like they don't have to leave. They don't have to, you know, go off and, and, and start their career somewhere else because they just haven't got the support or the backup of, of the people they're working with. So that education piece is key, I think. And then What's great is when people have gone, so say if I have a, a management group go through some training, they get a digital uh, menopause stamp of approval, which they can use on their website when they're recruiting. So they're, you know, waving the flag and going, hey, hey, you know, we we, we strongly encourage women to recruit, to, you know, to come and join us, whether you be menopausal age now, past it or before it, you know, because we we know what we're talking about. And that's a really great and proud thing that companies like to kind of um you know have on their have on their recruitment sites etc so so yeah I think it, there's so many different things some low cost things if you know if your budget is small for this but then there's some other things that actually would be really beneficial in terms of making sure those managers know what they're talking about what they should and shouldn't be saying mm. um you know we've that there's been tribunals wise I've got some stats for you there Trish there's um <laughs> so we've got back in um, 2021, there were 23 employment tribunals that were citing menopause as a reason. And that was an increase of 44 percent from the year before. Oh, wow. So that's only going to go up. The more awareness we we create, which we want to be doing, people are going to start going, actually, I'm not having this. I'm not I'm not accepting this behavior. Quite rightly so. So you know, the investment for getting your management team trained is far smaller than the, you know, the outlay if you go through an employment tribunal, as you well, you know, well know far more than I do, Trish. Um, so, you know, the return on that investment is huge. Okay. And I know you've touched on it already, but what kind of things can you do to support businesses? So, yeah, so exactly as I said, I can work with you. We, I'm, you know, we can work within your budgets to offer what it is you're looking for, whether it be training up people internally to go to be a menopause champion. If you've got a large business, that's a great option, whether it be supporting on having a menopause policy. 
um, or whether it be coming in and delivering some training. Now I can do it virtually or I can do it face to face. I would always suggest something like this much better face to face because you get much better conversation and people open up quite a lot more than they would do perhaps on camera. So coming in, training your people so that they understand what's going on um, and, and what they should and perhaps shouldn't be doing to support their people they're working with. Awesome stuff. And how can people get in contact with you if they want to utilise your fabulous services? Well, so um, askscottbrooks.co.uk is my website. Um, equally, you can get in contact with me through Trish on the fabulous Tap HR website or through the the, the app um, and just reach out. Or, of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much for your time. I've got to apologise. The dog has been making an appearance throughout this podcast recording. It's panting, it's walking around, there's a bark at some point, but it's fine because it all adds to the rich texture of doing it. Absolutely. Bark. And De- Dexter's interested in the menopause. So, you know, that's fine. He's all over that. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely interested. You're the most um, interested shown when I've been doing recording, but <laughs> the best for listeners because it's just random panting and walking. And, it's it's fine. <laughs> thank you for being a professional throughout i appreciate it my pleasure